Hello and welcome to Nested Folders, a productivity podcast about getting our best work done if we can only feel like doing that. Uh, I'm Scotty Jackson, joined as always by the lovely Rosemary Orchard. Hi Rose, how are you? Hey Scotty, uh, I'm alive. Uh, I I feel like maybe I'm I'm flagging a little bit, but I'm getting there. Mostly, hopefully. <laughs> flagging. That's a, that's a that's a that's a good that's a good verb. Um, I'm hoping we can figure out more verbs to add into our uh, lexicon of of making things happen uh, today because I need a I need a bit of a boost. Well, don't we all? Don't we all? It's that time of year where, uh, at least up here in the northern hemisphere, things are cold and dark, and it's colder for you, and it's just generally a bit. Eh. And uh, yeah, it's a bit difficult to get things done, isn't it? It can be. I mean, it's that time of year. It's that kind of pandemic. But I mean, even in the life cycle of like every project or year or life cycle, I feel like there's this this portion of time where you don't have like an urgent thing that is a house on fire that is driving you. And maybe you don't have that thing that is super inspiring you. So how do you get through feeling productive and good about the work that you're doing when it might be a little bit tough to to light the fuse a little bit. So I thought that's what we could talk about. Today. I mean, it's a great thing to talk about because it's so difficult sometimes to get things done. Especially I've, I've recently had a bit of a cold. Uh, I've been tested. It's just a cold, um, which is wonderful because now I know that I'm miserable for, Phew. you know, that reason instead of worse reasons. Um, but it just makes doing things even more difficult. And I really need something to give me a bit of a kick in the rear end and get things started. It's true. And so, I mean, step one, if you're going to feel miserable, make sure it's for the best possible reasons, right? Um, for those new, for those new, you can find our whole podcast at nestedfolderspodcast.com. Uh, and if you would like to, you don't have to, but we would love it if you did, uh, support us. Uh, you can also subscribe to our podcast at nestedfolderspodcast.com slash unnested where we do the same sort of podcast but unnested and we have a bonus episode every month that focuses on uh, challenges or listener questions uh, from uh, our wonderful listener community and uh, we look forward to doing those and we're hard at work on the next one that will be going live in February um, but again for today uh, I'm 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 thinking the theme is finding the fuel so how am I figuring out how to keep myself going through these through these times when like i say there isn't something that is you know repeatedly pushing me out the door and and and, and making things happen yeah. uh for me and so i thought uh let's talk about ways that we can inspire ourselves to get at her um rose what do you uh what comes to mind first i guess when when we bring this up as a <laughs> As a note. I scanned down the list to my fifth bullet point here, Scotty. And the answer is, of course, <laughs> chocolate. Uh, chocolate is a great way to motivate myself. Now, I have to be a bit careful about this because otherwise I could just sit and eat chocolate all day long. But especially if I'm struggling with things, uh, I will get a... Uh, there are some, there's in, in Little and Aldi um, and some other stores over here, there are small bars of chocolate, which are dark chocolate, which you can break up into, I think it's... 15 uh, small squares and that is essentially one bar of chocolate broken down into 15 bite-sized pieces um, and I like when I'm struggling to grab one of those and break it up and then break down whatever whatever my task is 
um, maybe not into the same kind of, um, you know, the same number of chunks, but break it down into bite-sized chunks. Do a little chunk and have a little chocolate. Do a little chunk, have a little chocolate. Because sometimes the only way to motivate myself is food. And guess what? Uh, it works. So uh, I, I've done this before. I've tried doing this with, sli with slices of apple. I find it doesn't work too well because if you uh, take too long to eat it, then the slices start to go brown and are considerably less appealing. Uh, so you need to drizzle them with lemon juice mm. or something. Um, but, uh, you know, breaking things down and then having tiny little pieces of motivation so you can go, yep, I've done a thing. Have a, have a bite of chocolate. Perfect. You know. I've uploaded the images for this blog post, have a bite of chocolate. I've written all my paragraphs for this blog post, have a bite of chocolate, you know, rinse and repeat. Um, it definitely helps me get going. That's a that's a good one. I also like the idea of like sort of associating uh, a, like a little bit of reward with a little bit of work. So you've got kind of like this visual and tactile relationship between the work that you're accomplishing and what is in front of you or on your taste buds. Uh when you said scan down the list, I'm like, okay, well, it's either going to be chocolate or Airtable. <laughs> um, Airtable is not in today's episode, uh, Scotty. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I mean, I've, I, it's interesting because I've also seen this done with, with Lego, which we were talking about uh, earlier before the show started. We were talking about Lego, and so I've got Lego on the mind, and I, re I remember that I've seen, you know, using uh, Lego pieces as ways of visualizing work so you could you know have a bunch of bricks and every time you accomplish something you put a brick on you see how tall you can make your tower or you see how many uh, bricks you have in different um, you know states or, or or so on so creating that sort of um, tactile relationship between the work that is happening on your computer monitor and the real world is is really interesting I like I, I mean I like giving myself little treats uh, too so um, you know maybe that's a break where I'll say like, okay, if I can just get, you know, an hour of work done here, then I'll give myself, you know, 15 minutes to play mm -hmm. on YouTube. Or um, maybe I need a, maybe I need a little pre um, uh, gift or reward to get me um, inspired. Like, and I, I don't mean like, let's download every app or go get every piece of gear, but maybe, maybe a new notebook or a, or a new pen or something just to like, give myself a little bit of joy um, in maybe because, you know, maybe I'm having a hard time getting super jazzed about the work that is in front of me, but if at least I can get a little bit jazzed by the gear that is helping me do that work, that can be fun. And I'm not talking about like a major expense. I'm talking like maybe, you know, a, a, a couple bucks to enjoy, you know, a, a, a new pen, a new notebook, a fresh stack of index cards, just something like that to, you know, give me that feeling of, Hey, we're go we're gonna get some neat new work done here, and you know maybe I'm not super pumped about it, but I am pumped about you know trying out this new this new ink or or something like that. Yes, and I definitely like that. I want to backtrack a moment to what you said before of you know if I do an hour of this, um, then I can do 15 minutes of say YouTube, um, or something like that because I. Uh, like timers. I, I love timers. Uh, the Pomodoro technique, it can be a great way of, you know, tackling things when you're struggling because it's just 25 minutes or so. Uh, I also, for some things where I'm really struggling, I like to set an I can stop after 
timer. Um, and this wouldn't actually be a timer in the timer sense. It's more of, I actually use reminders for this um, because I want something to pop up on my screen to say you can stop now, but I don't necessarily want it to inf uh, interrupt my workflow because I've often find if I say, you know mm. what, I if I do this for 10 minutes and I can stop if I'm really not feeling, if I'm really struggling, if I'm, you know, if my headache gets worse, things like that, you know. Um, and if, if I am struggling, if I'm not feeling it, then the notification will pop up and I'll go, oh God, thank God I can stop. Okay, that's good. I'm done. But if I am getting there and I am feeling it, then I can just swipe to dismiss that notification and just keep on going. Because often once I get the ball rolling and I get started and, you know, I'm sat down and I'm set up and I've got the apps open and I've started typing, I go, you know what? Yeah, I, I can do this. I can knock this article out or I can, you know, fix the script or whatever it is that I'm doing. So I like to use timers a lot for things like this. You know, I can stop after this or, um, you know, I've done my hour of work. I can take a 15 minute break. I try not to uh, give myself extra reward for working longer because I find that um, the, the brilliance of the Pomodoro technique is it's a short burst of work followed by a short break. But if I try to do long bursts mm -hmm. of work, then my productivity massively decreases at the end of that window compared to at the beginning of that window where I'm just there kind of coasting along, waiting until I can, you know, read it or whatever it is that I want to do. So by spending too long doing a thing, if I extend my reward, then I'm kind of rewarding myself for not being as productive as possible. So I've done some experimenting over time. 45 minutes is about as long as I can concentrate on something without needing a break. So I tend to say, okay, if I do 45 minutes of this, then I can have 10 minutes of this or a 15 minute break if I've done lots of them. Um, but, you know, I, I, I try to, you know, take a look at it like that and use timers and reminders for things as is appropriate. Obviously, I'm using shortcuts quite frequently to set this. Um, but that, you know, that's how you do it is not the important part here. It's just getting the ball rolling. Yeah. And, and keeping that break tight as well, like you, like you said, I mean, um, you don't want to over reward yourself because then you start to lose that momentum too. It's, it's nice to keep that feeling of accomplishing things and doing things fresh ish so that when you're done that break, you can jump back into it without feeling like, Oh my God, I'm starting from zero again. Um, yeah. Because I know that, that that's tough. That's tough for me. If I break too long, then I'm right back into the drag of like starting this starting to get back into work all over again. And that, that can be, that can be tough. Um, you know, we, we've talked recently, I'll links and show notes to recent episodes about setting up workspaces. I think that in investing in that uh, a little bit to make sure that that is attractive uh, to me uh, really helps um, the, the fuel. The one aspect of that that we didn't talk about that I've been experimenting with quite a bit is smells. Um, I, I'm the kind of person who, Around bedtime, I really like like lavender smell. So sometimes I'll use oil. We have uh, uh, nebulizers um, that you know create that sort of smell uh, in the room. And then conversely, um, using um, smells that trigger me to think about work time now. And uh, so I really enjoy uh, orange and citrus smells. Uh, I associate that with productivity time, just in the same way that I associate um, like lavender with with sleepy time. Um, and and that is. Uh, helping me because it's giving my brain this trigger of like time to work now because um, because you smell that smell and it's uh, the sense of smell is very closely linked uh, to to memory and uh, so I've I've found that to be an effective technique for myself 
And I mean, obviously, I mean, you know, the thing that inspires you to work with the particular scent, you know, may vary. But I think the, the notion is, is an interesting one to experiment with, which is to say that, you know, like when it's work time, things smell like X. When it's sleepy time, things smell like Y. Uh, and when it's uh, turkey dinner time, it smells like gravy. Yes. Um, and, you know, aside from, you know, smelling things, there's also hearing things. Um, and so I use dark noise. We mentioned this in the last episode. Um, I have a custom rain sound to help me go to sleep, um, which is just several different rain sounds. And I think the wind blowing through the trees layered together at a variety of volumes. And, you know, so I run this when it's time for me to go to sleep because that helps. But I also have playlists for different uh, kinds of work that I do. But there are also other things that I do which provide a noise which aren't necessarily using an app. Um, and one of these is one of my favorite ways to help me find the fuel to get going, which is fake multitasking. Now, I call this fake multitasking because it is not you actively trying to do multiple things at the same time, because that tends to be a recipe for complete and utter disaster. When you are struggling to do one thing, you will struggle to do multiple things. Um, but fake multitasking is something like running the washing machine whilst, you know, preparing for your meetings for the afternoon. Or running your robot vacuum while you fold laundry and other things. Uh, you know, running your tumble dryer, your dishwasher. These are all devices that can and should operate independently of you. Okay, maybe dishwasher if you are the dishwasher in your house like I am in mine. Unfortunately, I don't have an appliance for that. Then, you know, not so much. Um, but if you have appliances that can do jobs for you, running those whilst trying to, you know, whilst doing other tasks, A, Gives you a small thing to start with. Okay, so I've put the I put a load of laundry in the washer, so I can you know that's that's a thing and I've done it. Now I can go and you know I know that my clothes are getting clean. I will focus on a bigger task for the next hour and a half that it takes to run you know the cycle or whatever it is. So this combines timers, noise, and you know a small accomplishment to get things started, which works really well for me. Mm, that is good. I mean, like you say, you're not necessarily actively making these things happen but in the back of your mind you know that things that you have done are causing things to be happening uh which is a pretty good yes. feeling and extra bonus scotty chuck a, ch chuck a chicken in the oven or something that smells good maybe cookies cookies only take you know 10 minutes or so to cook so something that takes longer to cook uh maybe like a stew or something if you put that in the oven then you get the smell as well and oh boy, you know, mm -hmm. knowing that food is coming and you just need to keep working so that then you can eat and really enjoy that meal. Hmm. Multitasking plus smells. Yummy. Oh, I, I'll tell you what. And, and just to add on to that, the, the slow cooker is something that we use a lot here, particularly in the winter season, actually, um, where we've got, you know, like a chili or a stew that slow cooks over a period of like six to eight hours. Then you get that smell through, you know, the lion's share of the working day, which is which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, you, you know, talking about, you know, uh, f feeling good because things are occurring. Um, you know, one of the other things that I will do is, is take a little break for myself to think, okay, uh, here are, here is the work that is in front of me and okay, maybe I'm not super pumped about it, but, um, what kind of outcomes or goals or larger aspects of my life is this work going to help? you know, support or, or ladder up to. So I, I find that doing that kind of thinking exercise can help inspire myself. I'm, I'm like hacking my brain into finding work more attractive by virtue of remembering very consciously what, you know, sort of personal values or 
larger goals, these kinds of things will help, you know, achieve, you know, like in this moment. Yeah. I'm not super pumped about writing a TPS report with all the cover pages, but if I remind myself that like doing this report helps, you know, convince other people of the value of this project that we've been doing so that we'll be able to get their support to do the next project, which is really important to my team and I, okay, now I'm much more interested in doing the TPS report because I've reminded myself why it exists. It is not just a task in isolation. It, it, it has mapping to a more meaningful thing. And so again, by, by, by consciously thinking through that, I'm able to find ways of way, making the work in front of me more attractive to myself. Yes. And that is the trick, isn't it? What is attractive to you in that moment? And this is another uh, approach that I sometimes use. If I'm struggling with a bigger task, then I procrastinate on purpose, but I ins- I force myself to procrastinate productively. So this usually involves doing lots of lower level, not really brain occupying tasks, you know, like installing updates and things like that. Uh-huh. Because it means that I'm still getting things done. I'm, you know, I'm getting, you know, I'm checking stuff off of my list. Sometimes these are small things. Sometimes they're bigger things. Um, But I, you know, I make sure that I am doing something because if something is the lesser of two evils, then at the very least I'm getting, you know, I'm getting a thing done. Um, And it means that at some point the only thing left on my list is going to be the thing that I'm avoiding doing. Um, uh, But it often, you know, getting a couple of these things done gives me, you know, that that motivation to go, yeah, I can do this big thing now. You know, I've, I've tidied my desk and I've put the laundry in the washer um, and I've, you know, folded away, you know, the previous washing that's, you know, dry and everything and needed to go away. Um, Well, actually, you know what? I feel like I can sit down now and I can start on, you know, this big thing, you know, this, this program I need to write or something like that. Um, And that works, you know, very well for me because it gets stuff done. It allows me to procrastinate because sometimes I do need to be able to do that. You know, sometimes, you know, you absolutely cannot procrastinate. Um, You know, you've got a big deadline in four hours. Mm. It's going to take you three hours to do, um, you know, whatever the thing is that needs to be done. Um, So, you know, you can't procrastinate because that one hour, it doesn't actually exist. Because that three hours of work will definitely expand to be four hours. So sometimes you can't procrastinate. But Mm. where I have time and a bit of flexibility, I absolutely do procrastinate. Um, But I I do it productively so that I'm not just, you know, browsing the internet, watching YouTube videos, you know, stacking deck chairs on the Titanic. I'm actually getting things done that need doing. It, It also provides for mental soak time. I find that for myself, if I am actively avoiding a piece of work, you know, it could be that I'm just procrastinating because I'm a procrastinator. It could also, often it's a signal to me that I haven't properly thought through what this thing is and what the action actually is, or that I haven't actually sorted out any predecessor work. Like maybe I'm avoiding making this call to Pat because I haven't really fully decided what I'm actually going to say to Pat, or uh, I haven't got uh, Pat's number. I don't know Pat's availability. And so I've been procrastinating on making the call because I haven't sorted those other things out. Um, Or do I even, is is Pat even the right person to call about this? You know, is is there someone else I should be talking to? So, so sometimes, you know, work is repelling me because I haven't properly defined that work or it's, 
you know, complex and it needs, you know, a little bit of time for me to, you know, connect some dots about. And so I, I like what you're saying there about productive procrastination to do other things because that allows for a, like you said, accomplishing other things and not just letting time go to waste, but also B, these things are starting to settle in my mind a little bit more and it gives me an opportunity to think through them in perhaps a bit of a different way so that I can recognize, oh, hey, there's actually, you know, I'm actually avoiding task A because I need to do B and C first, or I understand task A a little bit more because I've been able to, you know, let it sit for a little while step away from it. And now I'm ready to go back to it because now I understand the nature of what it actually is a lot better having had time to just soak. And that's one of the reasons why I love, you know, brain not really engaged tasks. And, you know, this is things, you know, installing app app updates, doing the washing up, things like that, all things that genuinely actually need to be done because there's nothing worse than, you know, doing something, but it doesn't really need to be done. Um, you know, so for example, reorganizing your kitchen cabinet for the 18th time in a day probably doesn't need doing, you know, you're, you're back at one of your previous states, unless there's, you know, more than 18 things in there, in which case, you know, you may not be, but you know, um, yeah, but you know, trying to figure out, you know, what tasks can I do that will give me that brain space that I need is important. Um, and that's why I like having low energy tasks. And these are great for both those days where I'm struggling to find the fuel because I'm not very well. And it's also great for the, I've got this big thing to do, but I'm not quite sure how to approach it. Or I've got some stuff written down, but I don't know if this is really the right approach right now. You know, it lets me get on with thinking, um, which is, you know, good. Because then at the end of the day, I've done things and I've done the thinking. So I'm ready to do the next big thing. That's that's really good. I think I think a vital part in all of this for me like if I'm if I'm really either stuck or just don't have the energy or just can't get into it, um, is enlisting other people. Um, even if that's just for like a social like, hey, you're a person who I work with who understands the nature of these things going on. Are you going through this too? Can you help inspire me? Can you help excite me about this? Or, uh, or or even just talking with a pal to say like, hey, I'm 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 having a day. Um, can we, can we commiserate together? How are you doing? Um, I find that talking through my, um, talking through my state with, with anyone from a variety of different lenses is incredibly valuable to give myself a fresh perspective or renewed lease on life or, or a new level of acceptance with the way I am feeling. And then just say, okay, so I'm not super pumped about this. Mm -hmm but I'm going to get to it now, you know? <laughs> and so whether that's, you know, like, you know, texting someone or contacting someone, I mean, you know, the interesting thing about so many people now working from home is it really levels the playing field in a lot of interesting ways in that, um, you know, I'm someone who has been working from home for a long time because in large part, I'm the only person on my organizational team who is in this part of the country. And I ha that has been the case for, for a long time. So there's not, not really a whole lot of value for me to go into the office because it's not like I'm going to be sitting next to people I work with. But if, if you are the kind of person who used to go into the office and used to be next to the kind of people that you work with, but also worked with some people remotely, I mean, now you're connecting with everybody in exactly the same 
way, which makes it sort of um, fairer and and adds an interesting level of equilibrium. But it also means that you're not going to bump into people by accident. And so purposefully connecting to find that to find that fuel in or inspiration from from other people, I I, I found that that's that's the kind of thing that that I really need to be kind of mindful yes. of, um, so that I don't get you know. Uh, so that I'm not repelled by work simply because I happen to be feeling a little bit bored or isolated. Um, I, I'm, I'm filling that with, you know, real time connectivity with, with other people. Right. And that is the thing, isn't it? You know, we need to sometimes involve somebody else in this. And there is another approach as well. Sometimes it doesn't need to be a person. You just need to talk about the thing. And so uh, in programming, there's something called rubber duck debugging. And the idea is you get one of those floating right. rubber ducks from a bath and you just tell it and you explain your problem. And as part of explaining your problem, you solve it yourself. Sometimes the rubber duck suffices. Sometimes you, you need an actual person who can ask questions. And one of the things I would highly recommend if you've got a, a tricky problem that you're trying to understand, find somebody who's not an expert and explain it to them because they will ask the questions Ooh. that you're not thinking of and then find somebody who is, you know, an expert or knows something about it if, if you're still not there and ask them about it as well. But I often find that getting somebody involved who has no idea what you're talking about and you can make it vague if, you know, you got NDAs and things from work. You don't have to, you know, give precise details. You can replace names or do whatever it is that you need to do. Um, but, you know, you can make, you know, you can make it work by, you know, figuring out where, you know, what it is that you need to say. And so talking to something like a rubber duck or, you know, a human equivalent thereof is a great way of doing these things. And sometimes it can be tricky to find somebody else to talk to. And I do understand that. So, you know, you may end up, you know, posting on, you know, something like Reddit under an anonymous account and with a vague, you know, version of mm. it, just because you might get feedback, but often it's the formulation of the question and the describing of the scenario that will reveal the answer and the solution to you. Yes, I like that a lot. I, I, I think even just... And if, if you're not comfortable verbalizing, then engage your brain in a different way about things by grabbing a pen yeah. and a piece of paper. So you're not just, you know, sitting there pounding your head and, you know, like cycling and cycling and cycling around the same sort of series of thoughts, externalizing things, using physical and, and, and tactile um, means verbalizing. Um, th those are great. Those are great approaches to, to, to use different parts of your brain, mind, and being uh, to explore the problem and, and try and find that inspiration to, to take the next step in, in whatever it is in work and life that you're feeling, you know, maybe not super jumped up about. Yes, and that is the thing. You know, you have to figure out what it is that's going to provide you with the motivation that you need to get this done. And sometimes the motivation is that this just has to be done. It doesn't matter how excited or unexcited you are about it or how unimportant it is you think, you know, you think this thing is. The The fact of the matter is, is it's a, it's a job that has to be done. Um, and sometimes there is no element of fun. It's just got to be done. And sometimes that's the fuel you need to just say, darn it, fine, I'll just do it. And uh, the sooner you start these things, the sooner they're over with. So I, I always try to keep that in mind if there's that's... something that I am not super motivated about to get done that that is very true that's very true and i you know like 
and here we are again. Uh, like I feel so much better just for having had this conversation. <laughs> I am feeling I'm feeling ready to go back to well, work. Well, Eurobadox you know, says Rosemary. quack, Scotty. Thank you. This has been perfect. <laughs> quack, quack. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I feel adequately debugged. Thank you. Well, I, I'm pl- I'm pleased um, you feel adequately debugged because. As always, the, these episodes are not just something that we, you know, we pick a topic because we think our listeners will be interested. Obviously, we hope that everybody listening enjoys this, but it also is attempting to solve our own problems. Because if we're if we can't solve our own problems, how can we solve anybody else's? That's absolutely it. Um, again, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find our whole podcast at nestedfolderspodcast.com, Our entire back catalog of episodes. Uh, are there also is a contact form where you can contact uh, Rosemary and I uh, with feedback, with questions. We love hearing from everybody. Um, our, our premium feed, again, is available at nestedfolderspodcast.com slash unnested with a bonus episode monthly. You can tweet with us as well on the Twitter machine at Nested Folders. Rosemary Orchard, if people want to find you, where do they get to you? The best place to find me is either at my website, rosemaryorchard.com, or on Twitter at rosemaryorchard, or micro.blog, rosemaryorchard, there as well. Scotty, where can people find you on the internet? I may be found at heyscottyj.com, or uh, by the same name on Twitter, that's at heyscottyj. Thanks very much. This has been a fantastic episode. I am feeling rejuvenated and re-inspired and motivated. Uh, Thanks again, Rosemary. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, goodbye, everybody.